Yo, everyone, welcome to a brand new segment where me and Abadesi get to plug anything we want. <laughs> um, basically, this week I go first. So, what I got to plug is pocketjobs.com. It's the best job board out there for POC looking for a brand new role, looking for a challenge. So, it being layoff season, if you've been laid off, if your friend's been laid off, or you're just thinking, I need to make more money, you know where to go pocketjobs.com, P O C I T jobs.com. We've got companies like Twitter hiring, we've got Asana, we've got Mode, we've got Intuit, whole bunch of bad boy companies. You know what to do pocketjobs.com. The link will be in the show notes. And uh, yeah, peace. Yo, everyone, welcome back to brand new, new tech ish. Michael Payne, Abadesi. Harmonizing. Harmonizing. Let's get it cracking. <laughs> All right, cool. Another senior woman in tech bites the dust. Maybe this time for good. <laughs> Let's see. Mm. For the good of the industry, Cheryl Sandberg, author of Lean In, chief operating officer of Facebook, well, Meta, uh, has finally stepped down from her position. And it's created a lot of really interesting conversations around, you know, the tech ecosystem. Casey Newton from The Verge weighed in, Kara Schrischer from New York Times weighed in. Now tech is just going to weigh in. It's been fascinating because seven years ago was around the time that she dropped her book, Lean In. And it's like, you couldn't even like turn your head in this space without hearing something about Cheryl Sandberg and the amazing things that she was doing to campaign for greater gender representation, greater equity in tech. But over the last seven years, the reputation of Facebook meta, not just in tech, but in the wider society has changed massively. We've had yep. the US elections, Cambridge Analytica, and then of course, like the role that the platform played in, you know, the siege of Capitol Hill, right? Right after mm-hmm. uh, Trump was voted out of the US government, even though they played a very active role in denying that, I think the evidence weighs against them. So it's been really interesting to see the arc of her reputation as a character kind of like rise and now fall. And the question mm. that I have on my mind is, why did she stay so long? Now she's leaving saying she's at risk of burnout. You know, things aren't what they used to be. She wants to enter philanthropy so she can have a bigger role in fighting for gender equality. I mean, I feel like, you know, as a CEO of one of the largest platforms, 1 billion plus users, surely that could have been a great place to get that stuff done. Something's not adding up. And I'm just curious, what's your take, Michael? Why do you think now, now? Well, I think probably she was looking to leave before the pandemic, maybe. That would Mm. be a theory and that you just probably couldn't. And it would have, you know, you got to support the team during this kind of rocky time period. I don't know why she didn't leave and she probably should have. I think at certain points, her reputation was high enough where she could have run for office. She could have been a senator, governor, maybe president one day. Who knows? I think at one point she was quite a relatively, like not beloved, but like that kind of brand of corporate feminism was safe. You can go on Oprah, you can go on TV, you know what I'm saying? You're, you're good. Do you know what I'm saying? And then I recollect actually her partner passed away. Her husband died and she wrote mm. a book called Option B that I actually gifted to a few people. I kind of cringe in hindsight, but I did actually. And it was mm. quite a heartfelt book about, about trauma and grief and loss, right? So her brand was one that was pretty you know it was pretty strong and it's gone downhill just based on all the controversies and if she had exited just before the controversies i mean it's like trying to time the market if she had known yeah. all the stuff was going to happen she probably would have left sooner and just dipped while her brand was at an all-time high but you weren't to know and i think it's the I value mean, she's of chief operating officer right right so yeah. to some degree there's a game plan right and like rightly or wrongly you know the role that they played in like or how actively they tried to squash fake news how actively they tried to like minimize the impact of like you know fake accounts like to say she didn't know, I think is what a I mean bit by no, forgiving. I mean is the backlash. Is the backlash right? You get okay. what I'm saying. Um, there's a lot of messed up shit that's going on in a lot of mm. companies, especially in big tech and Fang and whatever or yeah. Mango, whatever the new acronym is. And she probably just didn't know the kind of backlash. And the thing that actually to me is one of the most contradictory things is the fact that 
she has been a vocal proponent for women in work, for women in general. And there's been so much data that's come out about the negative impact that Facebook and Instagram has on like teenage girls' yeah. mental health. Like, you know, you're talking about higher rates of anxiety, depression, all kinds of mental health issues. Um, adults too. To, like, <laughs> adults too, but teenage yeah. girls has been yeah, yeah, yeah. studied the most and they're the most vulnerable when it comes to these platforms. And also they're the ones that we could actually protect more because there could be higher age limits on these platforms. That's true. And if you are the vocal representation or trying to be a, a proponent for women and then at the same time your company has kind of downplayed it ignored it pretended mm. it's not there you know there's a level of hypocrisy there that i can't look past to a certain extent because when it comes to benefit in your pocket you're willing mm. to kind of deny the harm that your company is doing yeah that, that, that don't sit right with me per se but i wish i like credit where credit's due she's an amazing operator like even before she joined facebook or meta at google she was primarily responsible for like creating the kind of ad product that they have now mm. you know these two tech guys you know larry and sergey created this great search engine but how to monetize it necessarily wasn't the most obvious thing in the world now she helped come up with like you know intent-based marketing where it's like i'm typing in car isn't that a great time to show someone an advert for a car it sounds kind of rudimentary now but at the time it wasn't um and helped scale up google to you know a trillion dollar company went to join facebook they had no ad product she did the same thing again so you're talking about somebody on a talent level is probably one of the greatest operators as a non-ceo in Silicon Valley in the last mm. 20, 30 years. So I got, I'm not, we can't just focus on the negative, but the negative has kind of outweighed and tarnished her brand. There's um, also just like a sense of inauthenticity that comes with like the equity brand that she's built right, around yeah. herself. And I mm-hmm. think that's the thing that it just feels a bit icky, right? Cause it's like, you know, lean in itself was already quite problematic because it just like reeked of privilege. There are a lot of people where that's just like not an option. And also yep. upon closer examination, you know, is it individual action that creates lasting change or is it like systems changing? You know, like yeah. instead of going to the person oppressed or affected by it, why don't we go to the oppressor, you know, and the systems that allow people to continue to discriminate against women or have prejudice against underrepresented groups. So yeah, it's interesting because like as much as she built her platform as an operator, she also built her platform as an advocate. But then Mm -hmm. there's just like such a big gap between the words of her brand and then the actual actions of her as an operator. Like she, to your point, has been one of the most powerful non-CEO individuals. Just leave the fact that she's a woman, just one of the most powerful humans in the tech industry. And what's the legacy she leaves behind? It's not good. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Lean In, it really was, um, and tell me if I'm wrong, but it really was like a, you know, pick yourself up by the bootstrap type philosophy where it was like <laughs> the problem isn't you know that your boss is you know an idiot and, and is you know harmful or whatever or is or seeing past your talents it's more like you need to speak up it's your fault like you need to kind of like yes advocate for it's yourself. very and that in itself yes Mesa kind of yeah. Yeah, but that in itself isn't necessarily wrong to like say people advocate for yourself but you can't have that as that's the problem or that's the only problem or that's the only solution to an issue when it's clearly not there's obviously systemic issues and you know this better than me and you do this work but yeah. anyway yeah we'll leave it at that that's, that's cheryl sandberg what can we do what do you think she'll do next what will she do next yeah she'll probably like just do philanthropy like she said i mean she's not gonna have any shortage of offers to join advisory boards be trustees Mm. i'm sure she's got plenty of cash to invest with she'll probably be thinking of some clever ways to pay less tax so maybe there'll be some cheryl sandberg wings opening in museums across the world (laughs) like who knows probably get a few more books out maybe she'll do a show i don't know like you know she's set for life you know, in terms of like just the name that her, the cachet that her brand carries. I'm interested to see who's going to be the next CEO of Meta. Who does Zuck trust? I think there's probably they'll recruit from internally mm. and it'll be someone safe who will, probably won't rock the boat. And I mean, that's the thing about Zuckerberg. He essentially is a dictator in the sense that no one, he'll, he'll never step down because I think oh, no. the way the board is set up, he'll be there forever. He's like them African. 
Yeah, he <laughs> and Eastern European despots that never <laughs> stepped down from power. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to outlive a lot of CEOs, and he's going to outlive a lot of people there. And he's still a relatively young guy. He's still like what in his mid thirties. Yeah, and he'll probably like download his brain to like one of them Facebook portal <laughs> tablets and just keep running it in perpetuity. 200 years from now, he'll still be CEO. Have you watched Severance? No, I haven't. I heard oh, it's yeah, because it's like the same family runs this tech company for like generations. But like, I could just see that happening with Facebook. You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step-by-step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step-by-step guide to starting your podcast today. Watch the space. So yeah. I was just Elon Musk. Yeah, Elon Musk. In this, in this weekend, Elon <laughs> emails leaked that were apparently from him, basically saying to his staff, you know, you've got to come into the office now. I think it was. I don't know if it was targeted at high level execs or whether it was targeted at the company kind of white collar people in general. But it was like remote work is no longer acceptable. You need to do at least a forty hour minimum in the office. You can't be forty hours at some satellite office that's near your house. It's got to be like the one that you're set to. The more senior you are, the more I'm expecting this. And people were like, is this the end of remote work? But most likely what it was is that this is a fantastic way of doing layoffs basically oh, yeah. he has announced that he's finessed doing yeah it's a great finesse i mean i think a week a couple of days later they announced they were doing layoffs anyway but it's a great way of branding it as like oh these people are lazy you mm-hmm. know and not that the company probably has got structural issues and then the market has changed and we haven't got you know the free ride that we once have with like unlimited capital flowing into us so do you think there is an element of truth though where you're going to see more and more big tech and i think we have heard like Google and Facebook and Amazon were like coming a yeah. couple of days a week and I think Apple got pushed back. Mm. Has the pendulum swung? Now that the economy is weaker, yeah. are big tech employees insulated enough to be able to force these companies to say, no, we still want remote work? Or will it be now Elon leading the way for the old school em- employer to be like, yo, get your ass back in and people are going to have to just do it? Do you know what's really interesting? I think sometimes we underestimate just how much even the most powerful and like senior people like also enjoy working from home. Right. And like, that is like, to me, an extremely interesting point of tension. Right. I'm a vice president in a tech company. Right. So like, I find myself often in that position where it's like, I'm towing the party line. Like I'm supporting the exec team. You know, I'm, I'm talking the talk, I'm supporting strategy, echoing it out to the wider organization. Sometimes it's stuff that people like, maybe like don't want to hear, or like, it isn't like moving quick enough for the thing, the changes that people want to see, but you know, you have to be a united front as a leader team. But what I think is a really interesting point of tension is like what happens when like, even within these big tech companies, there isn't a united front in the leadership mm. team. You know what I mean? Like the CEOs are like, yo, we got to bring people back to work. And maybe like head of commercial or like head of products, like look at the numbers, yo, my team are delivering the results from home. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, I've got two more kids since the pandemic started or like, you know, I've got dependents yeah. or like I've moved, like I'm out of the city now. Like it takes me 90 minutes on a train to get in. I don't want to do that. And you can't really have that kind of disconnect because like leaders have to model the behavior they want from their teams. Right. So I can't be like chief product officer being like, yo, you got to be in the office four days a week, but I'm out in the Hamptons. So like, you yeah. know, see you when I see you. So that's what I think is going to like ultimately like be that make or break. Like it's not even about like the collective, like individual contributors 
leaders that don't want to come into work, like super senior people in organizations have also realized you don't need to be in the office to be yeah. productive. And that is the cultural shift that like, I, I really see has already got so much momentum. I mean, we are two years into this. Do you know what I mean? Like we're not mm-hmm. six months into this, 10 months into this, 12 months into this, two years into this. Yes, some people left the city and some people came back, but some very, very powerful people realize that they're happier, healthier out of the city. And what is more likely to happen is like companies almost like adapting what a physical location looks like. Like you want me to come into the office, give me an office that's within 30 minutes from where I am now, because I'm not downtown anymore and I'm not close to downtown. That's what I think is maybe going to happen, but it's hard to say. It is hard to say. I think there might be like a reordering of like just talent at different companies and people just Mm. going to where the lifestyle they want kind of is being afforded to them. Yeah. I think Elon's going to try and push the line and say, this is remote work is done. And I think he's of the belief that you can't build. Actually, that's the funny thing. In the email, there's a slight shade to Apple, I think, where he says, <laughs> "Okay, I know a lot of companies are now doing remote work, but when was the last time a lot of these companies produced anything great, basically? And obviously people are assuming that it's Apple because they are now apparently doing work with a car and, mm. you know, there's a bit of tension between him and Apple. So he's throwing shade there basically. And yeah, so there's going to be a reordering. That's the last thing I'm going to say so i think elon's gonna try it people who are happy to come in probably will come in those people that are not happy are gonna go to companies like maybe meta now or google i don't know and also like i think there's a difference between high level execs and the ceo high level execs as much as you have ownership in the company to a certain extent mm. i don't think you're ever fully as bought in as the ceo or as mm. the founder like so there is a there's competing kind of there's competing loyalties lo- not loyalties but there's different incentives basically oh right okay yeah you, you know what i'm saying whereas i think like a high level exec is not willing to basically put their whole life. I don't know. Do you get but what I'm saying? Like, I, I do get what you're saying. Like this exec team can't like mutiny the CEO. Like they can't just be like, yeah. no, 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 we're going against you. But at the same time, like a CEO is only as good as his exec team. And like, you're not really in a yeah. powerful position if you just like eliminate all of your like chief execs. I think like a far more interesting thesis. And like, again, like a lot of the companies that are trying to really encourage people to come back to the office are not so much in tech. I think it's more like in like finance, investment banking, at least this is what I've been like reading in Bloomberg, you know, consulting firms, stuff like that. I have a sister at McKinsey and I know they're really pushing them in New York, you know, to come into the office. If I were a tech CEO or any kind of CEO in this current climate, the way people think about their role in a company, the way people think about their role in society as a human being, if I wanted to get people back to the office, my narrative would not be productivity. I'm giving you all free consulting now. My narrative would be boosting the economy. My narrative would be, you know, we chose this office in this location because we want to support like the local businesses, this and the other. And then I would like be getting discounts to like the gyms and the yoga studios nearby if we don't already have that, loyalty cards and like all the neighboring like cafes and coffee shops and stuff like that. And I would be trying to like create this narrative that like returning to the office is about like us as an organization investing in this community that we've chosen to like be located in. Do you know what I mean? And I think that is going to be like a more interesting story because the productivity story is literally like not evidence-based. It is not evidence-based. Some of these tech companies had the best performing years Mm -hmm. when everyone was working from home. So you can't say that like you can't innovate and you can't be productive when people are working from home because we literally were innovative and super productive. Yeah, I think, I think, uh, let's see. Yeah, so there's one thing actually. So I sent you a video. You didn't want to watch it. You said I actually watched it in the end. Yeah, I was waiting for my milk foamer to get (laughs) my matcha latte ready. (laughs) (laughs) I sent this video. This is like I don't watch videos that are ten seconds or longer without explanation. But anyways, I need context, bro. I can't just be clicking on TikTok. (laughs) Time is money. 
<laughs> you know, okay, okay. And basically, it was these two women who were poolside working with their laptops, and they were mm. and they were explaining on a TikTok like what they do for their careers, and they were both like we're product managers. And this video was like a massive Rorschach test on many things, like a number one remote work, yeah. and b what is the utility and role of product managers basically? <laughs> like a lot of developers <laughs> hate product managers because they're basically the adult supervision, and developers think they can kind of prioritize their work without them. So they're like. Number one, we hate product managers. Number two, you guys are poolside. Yeah. And number three, they're women. So people automatically assumed that in the video, these are not serious workers. You know, they don't know what they're talking about. They just Googled what the job description was 10 seconds ago, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but when looking at that video, do you think, like, if you were their boss, would you have a problem with people who are getting the work done, mm. but they're in a pool with the laptop I'm on sorry, the edge of the like, pool? sorry, but, like, what the hell? Peter Levels has been doing that stuff for, like, 10 fucking like years or something. He's no, 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 but remote work, like, remotejobs.io, like, his, like, one of his best-selling websites is literally, like, I'm sorry, like, wake the hell up, people. Like, where have you been? Go to friggin' Bali. Go to anywhere and see software engineers coding from wherever people were like out in tulum during the pandemic yeah 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 like this is not new this is absolutely not new the only thing that's new about it is what we said before we came on the mic which is the johnny depp trial has like renewed misogynistic energy people coming out for women now coming out the double standards are popping and this is exactly what this is about as many of the tweets say about that video, if they were two guys, people would see that video as aspirational. If it was two guys, like, yo, I'm two product managers, yeah, about the beach, the yeah, yeah. people would be like, oh my God, can I give you my resume? Like, get me a job yeah. at your company. But because it's two women, people would be like, they're lazy fucking bitches. They don't do any work. <laughs> like, we're in a new age of like validated misogyny. I am not taking that. No, 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 no. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. Yeah, I was on the phone, separate topic, but kind of related. I was on the phone to somebody, I haven't spoken to them in ages. They're a developer. Mm. Hopefully I'm not giving enough, inc- this is not incriminating because I, I, I have barely described them. And I was like, oh, what are you working on at the moment? And he's like, yeah, I've got two jobs. I was like, oh, like, you know, daytime evening. No, 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 I've got two jobs. <laughs> I was just like, Seriously? even though I have noticed this going on, this is the first person that I spoke to who just dropped it oh. casually. Software engineer. I said, so what happened? Talk me through this. He was like, well, I was working and I realized that I was probably working like two hours in a day. And I was like, I want to make more money kind of thing. So <laughs> let me just apply for another job. And I was like, how long have you been doing this? It's like six months. I can't hate. I can't hate on it. It is what like it is. Taxes TikTok, if, if, and if you, if you as a company yeah. are so like incompetent in the sense that you hired somebody and you mm. don't realize that they're only working for like two hours, or maybe your company is so cash rich that nobody cares, yeah. then it is what it is. The game, or that the person's game. an absolute it. genius and what they can do in yep. two hours, an ordinary person takes, you know, four, six hours to do. I mean, most people who are entrepreneurs, like at least the ones that I have worked closely with yourself, like many other friends, people like Ryan who have at Product Hunt, like they can do in one hour what like an ordinary person who's never been in a high pressure environment could take multiple hours to do oh, thank you for putting me in that company i don't know if i'm that good but anyways i hear what you're saying no but you <laughs> know what i remember seeing a dilemma highly productive <laughs> i remember seeing a dilemma on reddit years ago and now this dilemma pretty much is what everyone is kind of facing and it was basically about this dude who had a job i think as a data analyst and he somehow managed to automate his role which was meant to be an eight hour day and he had automated Zapier. it to like a half an hour process. Yeah, he had automated it. To, and everyone was like, should I tell my employers that I've automated? No. And everyone's like, don't do it. Uh-uh. So this is now a real thing. Like people, theoretically, he could automate five jobs, 10 jobs. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Wow. Um, to be honest yeah. though, like people out there, like, I mean, Jack Dorsey was the CEO of two massive tech companies. Elon yep. Musk is the CEO of like four tech companies. I don't freaking know. People out there side hustling, 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 consulting. Like it's a new age of like, I just feel like Marx is turning in his grave. <laughs> and like, it's to what end? 
like to what end? Do you know what I mean? Like, you're, Mark, like working Mark is turning in his grave, yeah, not because of the Soviet Union, but because too, <laughs> no, because, too remote. Like, like, now, bird... now I turn. No, because like he thought capitalism, <laughs> he thought capitalism was ugly like 200 years ago when it wasn't even like the state that it's at now. Like technology has just meant that, like you know, the ability to like just do things, sell things, make things, earn money is crazy. And like a lot of, like get it. Like a lot of people want to maximize their earnings. I myself entered the workforce thinking I want to maximize my earnings. I want to be a billionaire by the time I'm 30. Like that's the mindset that I had even graduating in like the last recession. So like, I get it, but to what end? The problem is, you know, what's going to happen? This is just going to lead to proliferation of, of spyware on people's laptops like literally <laughs> you're gonna get a laptop from it's work already happening. and it's we watching you 27 it. and it's, it's it's now starting off where yeah but you just have two laptops employees <laughs> the employees with the least power that are probably getting spied on right now so let's say you're working mm. you know for like some you know you're a call center worker whatever right and then yeah. it's gonna work its way up till eventually you're some meta engineer and your laptop is watching your every click because they're mm. just like we're not having this and i hope that doesn't happen but let's see Techish is sponsored by Intuit, a global technology platform that serves millions of customers worldwide with TurboTax, QuickBooks, Mint, Credit Karma, and MailChimp. They are now hiring for a variety of tech and non-tech roles across all products and regions. At Intuit, you'll be part of a team that emphasizes the importance of diverse voices to drive innovation and power prosperity for all. Check out the career opportunities waiting for you. Visit intuit.com slash P-O-C-I-T. That's I-N-T-U-I-T dot com slash P-O-C-I-T pocket. Yeah, so just quickly on Apple had like one of their event days and um, they released iOS 16 or iOS 16 is in the works. And there was a few features that kind of raised a few eyebrows. So one, which is something that's been available, I think on WhatsApp, you can now unsend or edit a message. I don't know about edit on WhatsApp, but you can definitely unsend in WhatsApp. And obviously, you know, WhatsApp's not that big in America. So a lot of Twitter users was like, oh, this is the level of cheating and gaslighting this is now going to allow is going to be insane when you can actually like delete and unsend messages and edit the message. Like, no, honey, she wasn't, I didn't, I, I wasn't texting her. I was just like you know it, it, it didn't happen there's nothing there like you know what i'm saying and then the other thing on an economic level that might be worrisome is they're not integrating buy now pay later and they're doing it Uh-oh. in a way where there's no fees so i think what? i don't know how it's gonna work i don't understand that but i think apple makes so much money i'm sure they figured out a way to do it without losing their money but even if it was losing their money they're so profitable it's fine they can swallow that cost at all as a feature for their phone completely like so so interest-free buy now pay later yeah so i think okay. the way obviously a firm and Klarna works is if i go to like selected retailers that have these integrations obviously i can use a firm and Klarna. with apple it's going to be that layer above where any purchase i make using apple pay i can use and split it over a time period, six weeks, whatever. So that's very powerful. And if I was an executive at a firm, I'd be trying to get out of there right now i'm trying to throw, <laughs> trying to trying to sell my shares or whatever i can because i think it's done i think it's i think apple has just literally just destroyed all of these buy now pay later and just turn, they, they featureize them they're now a yeah. feature that's it they're no longer uh, a standalone company truly also like they're coming for the android market aren't they because yeah. google don't offer that do they i think not yet they probably will have Ooh. to now out of pressure but obviously listen i think they've recently made a firm and buy now pay later companies like on your credit report now i think at one point it wasn't so whether this unintentionally destroys people's credit on a mass scale i don't know because this is going to be so tempting for people to use even me who probably don't need it even i'm like yeah why wouldn't i just split it across multiple payments if i can mm-hmm. why buy some not? more luna yeah buy some more luna but yeah interesting let's see what happens interesting times 
just say a little something about crypto. I think in like 2018, I put 50 pounds into like Ethereum and Bitcoin. And as soon as it went, and then I waited like six or eight months, I don't know, like let's say eight to 10 months and it had gone to like a hundred ish each. This is like the heydays when it was really climbing, climbing. So I like took out all the profit or no, I took out my 50 pounds and left in the profit. And then I just did nothing with it. And then I was like, shit, I got to divest from Coinbase because they racist, like all this kind of stuff. But I didn't actually get around to doing it. But then I finally went in to cash out because I had like an admin day. I had like over 300 pounds. I was okay. like, wow, that definitely like outperformed anything else I've like ever invested in just over that short timeline. Do you know what I mean? Anyway, I bought myself some designer luxury shoes. So <laughs> that, that, that's just the end of that story. But I just thought I'd let you know that like I finally <laughs> divested and mama got some new shoes. You're very mentally like healthy because I would have heard that and been like, man, if I had put in 20,000, I would have been retired right now. Oh, when what? I see no. ROI, I'm like, oh man, if I'd gone all in, I would have been sick. <laughs> but you don't have the gambler's mindset. I respect it. <laughs> No, like I was just like, I'm going to buy myself something that I would normally not buy because I just cannot justify that price tag because it's just yeah. you know, fun little monopoly money. Yeah, good for you. Enjoy yourself. So I don't know if you've been following the latest gossip on the shade room, but basically Michael B. Jordan, who was dating Laurie Harvey for about a year and a bit, felt like an eternity actually, just following their relationship online, unfortunately. Don't ask me why I'm following their relationship. I just can't avoid it on my Twitter timeline. They just separated. Did you know they were dating, right? How, how plugged into pop culture are you? You don't know who, do you know, know who people are? Having a of course, shaking your head, like, I know who Michael, you know who Michael Jordan, Jordan is. He's yeah? Killmonger. Okay, cool. And, and Creed. Creed. Do you know who Laurie Harvey is? No. Is that Steve are Harvey's you? daughter? Steve Harvey's daughter. Yeah. She's wow. like the kind of, she's like the it girl. She's actually not his, I don't, I think she's like his stepdaughter, but she's actually kind of like the it girl. She's dated like Trey Songs, Future. Okay. She's 25 years old. Oh, I know her. And, yes, um, I very know beautiful. her. She's and so like, pretty. Yeah. People look at her as kind of like the role model of like that young girl just living her best life, not caring, just breaking hearts oh, and whatever, whatever. Okay. Yeah. They've now separated. And the reason why I bring this up is because there was a video of, Michael B. Jordan at, <laughs> at the basketball game. You ain't seen it, yeah? This is, I'm laughing, but I shouldn't be laughing because that's the point I'm trying to make, yeah, which is that, like, he obviously was devastated and he obviously was putting on a brave face. Like, I've yeah. done that face before, mm. but you're just like, yeah, 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 I'm good, I'm good, guys. Don't worry, let's go out tonight. And you're absolutely crushed in it, yeah? And people are cracking up and laughing and retweeting and I making saw it for me. But at the same time, it's the same accounts that I'm seeing talk about mental health. It's the same accounts that are talking about, you don't know what someone's going through. It's the same accounts that's like, oh, you know, like... We're cruel. Look at me laughing. Yeah. Look at me laughing. It is kind of funny. There's a Uh -uh. part of it that is funny. It is. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. I just want to point out the hypocrisy of humanity, the hypocrisy of us, and maybe we can do better. But... I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe we should just enjoy ourselves and, just, and make, poke light of certain situations and not take it too seriously. We but- are mean to celebrities. Like with one hand we giveth, with one hand we taketh away. Do you know what I mean? Like with, yeah. when it comes to celeb culture, it's like we're obsessed with them. No, the worst one was them, um, but then was we Chadwick. Also bring them down. Was, was when Chadwick obviously had like visible weight loss mm. and like people were just running them jokes. Like oh, Seriously? you know. Oh, I remember, man. Yeah, because people were just running really jokes. Mean. No one was like, "Is he ill?" No one was like, "What's going on? Is it for a role?" Like people just made jokes about it basically, and then we found out you know six months later that he yeah. was suffering for something you, you, don't really know, you don't really know what people are going through so rest mm. in power chadwick on that yeah. somber note i'm wagging my finger at myself we have to me too me too grow, all right cool. people, Leave let's, it grow. let's be better <laughs> all right cool yo everyone that's been this week's techish hit us up at techish pod twitter instagram tiktok where we're getting famous like i said leave a review and we'll catch you next week i think see you all right ciao